coaching part of like giving someone calories, it's not like I just, when I coach clients, I don't just give them calories and say, here is what the amount of food I think you should eat. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. It's like we talk every day, they ask me questions. They say, what can I swap for this? Or I always have cravings for this. Is there a better solution to this? Like we're constantly in contact, constantly troubleshooting because that's just what everyday life is like. Mm. There's, there's no way. Welcome back to the In-Situ Health and Fitness Podcast. We have helped hundreds of people reach their goals. And this podcast is a chat about the journey along the way, teachable moments and topics we think will help you reach your goals as well. If we haven't met before, my name is Jack, I'm the PT and joining me is my partner Mac. She is the nutrition coach and soon to be psychologist. Before we get into today's show, I just want to take a second and thank you all for your support on this show. This podcast has been growing massively over the last couple of months, and we wouldn't be able to do that unless it was for you guys listening and supporting the show. So if you haven't already, we would appreciate it if you left us a five-star review and a positive comment wherever you're listening to this podcast, because it does help us reach more people so we can help them as well. Thank you, and let's get into the show. Hello. Fresh. So Mac and I got Hello Fresh for the first time. We got a voucher off somebody so we could have it for free. And we decided to get it for and give it a go and give you guys a review and our thoughts, whether it's good, bad, medium, who's it for, who isn't it for. Um, they do claim a lot of things, these Hello Fresh and other meal delivery services. Uh, so we wanted to unpack all the claims as well. Uh, what were your first thoughts on HelloFresh? My initial thought was, wow, there's a lot of packaging. <laughs> but we do shop very minimalistly, I guess. Like we don't buy any packaged foods. We try to buy veggies and stuff in bulk more. We shop from like a local farm shop. So I think for us, it probably seemed like a lot of packaging, but for other people that normally shop at Woolies and stuff like that, it would probably be normal. Like my family got it and they I asked them before we got our box, do you think there's a lot of packaging? And they're like, no, it's fine. Like, it doesn't, it's just normal for them. Um, yeah, so that's probably the first, my first downfall with it. Not that it's bad, like that there's a lot of packaging. Did you want to elaborate on your thoughts of the packaging? Yeah, I guess the packaging, we won't carry on too much about packaging, yeah. but there's two thoughts there. Like, like you've said in the past, like, if it's a spoonful of paprika in the dish, you get a teaspoon of paprika in a packet. Mm. And like normally you'd buy, you know, a jar or a pack, decent sized packet, so it lasts a long time. It, it must cost them a fair bit. So obviously we got the first one for free, um, but obviously there'd be more cost in doing that. So they would pass it on to the consumer. So you're, it might seem cheap, but you're actually paying a lot more because you're getting all this stuff individualized. Mm. But at the same time, if this is probably for more for the males out there, the single males, I notice a lot of single males will go and do a big shop and get all excited, but then half the food goes off in the fridge because they don't eat it during the week. So for those guys, I think it would be a good idea because you know, you're just trading, like you're gonna actually eat all the food because there's no waste in there. What you order, you get. 
and there's no leftovers or anything like that. So you're going to use up all the food. So in that circumstance, I think it's a great idea because, yeah, you're not going to have all this old food that you're throwing out, which is a massive waste of food. Mm. Um, so, yeah. I think it's also – it would also be – like we won't get it again probably, but – we genuinely like buying whole foods and cooking foods ourselves, and we probably eat more than the average HelloFresh meal. So for us, when we got it, I think we got three meals, two servings, and we definitely did not follow the recipes or the guide to what should be in it because... We had to combine all three meals to make basically, I'd say maybe one and a half meals, two meals. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things that we noticed, because obviously if you are, if you struggle to meal plan, meal prep, get to the shops, then it's great for you because you can just eliminate those three hassles. And if that's, if that's what you struggle with most, then go for HelloFresh. It's still far better than ordering takeout four nights a week or whatever. But if you are actually trying to I guess, lose weight or build muscle or lose fat specifically, I don't think it's the best option because the meals are fairly high in calories for the portion. So the portion is very small, but the calories are high because there's so many sauces. Yeah, this is because like, we don't use sauces and all that sort of stuff. Most of the flavoring we use are natural flavors, but... Just like dried spices. Yeah, and like combining the right foods to make it the right flavor type thing. But I couldn't believe like we had the recipe sheet there and it said so many calories for this one meal. And I'm looking at the ingredients and looking at the the calories. I'm like, how the hell is that many calories for such little ingredients? Mm. But it's all these herbs and spices. They're all sugar, like a lot of sugar in the spices, all the sauces, they add up to so many calories. And I could not believe that. Like, and it just made me think about a few clients that struggle with that sort of stuff. So they might be counting their calories and all that sort of stuff, but they'll add in some flavorings here and there to their meal. And if you add these flavorings to your meals or a little bit of sauce here and there, you can add two to 400 calories every single day. And that adds up a lot over the week. Mm. And it just frustrates me because they'll do all this hard work, they'll do all the right things, um, eating all the right food, exercising enough, but then they're just ha doing this one mistake of adding in these sauces and um, spices and all that sort of stuff. And it's they're not going to get results because of that. Yeah. And they don't even realize how many calories they are. And it's something so small, which is so frustrating. Yeah. So you probably, like, if you were to get HelloFresh and you're trying to lose weight or whatever, you would, I think you would find that you would not be satisfied with the meals, right? Because they're not, like, I guess one of the tricks, quote unquote tricks to being able to stay in a calorie deficit is eating high volume, low calorie foods. Whereas HelloFresh is low volume, high calorie. So mm -hmm. more, like if you're eating more vegetables, more leafy greens, salads, and then like your protein and potatoes or rice or whatever, that's going to fill you up way more than just... What was one of the meals? Chicken, bacon, rice, and some carrot and peas or something like that? Yeah, some sort of stir fry. But that was like 600 plus calories mm. and the portion was tiny and you barely have any vegetables in there. So then 
it might taste good and you might think, yeah, this is the right way for me to go about losing weight because I'm eating a smaller portion, but then you're going to be hungry soon after. So then you're probably going to eat something else that isn't in the plan. Mm. Um, so would you recommend HelloFresh to anybody? To anybody. I would, like the person that I suggested at the beginning, if you really can't um, figure out a way to get um, a rough meal plan or just to get to the shops frequently, then yeah, I would recommend HelloFresh, but I would, I guess, try, suggest to them that they be conscious of the meals they choose mm. so that they can, if, if their goal is weight loss, so that they can try and avoid being hungry after such calorie dense meals. So yeah. probably not. It would be a last resort for me to recommend it to a client. Absolutely last resort. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Only those that struggle to get their shit together and, you know, you might be good one day, bad for two days because you're busy or you just can't be bothered or whatever. Yeah, HelloFresh is a good opportunity to dial things in and make sure you're having consistent meals. Yeah. But I wouldn't rely on it long term. Also, I don't know what the deal was with the protein, but because we ordered the higher protein meals just to, <laughs> to test them out. And I, for the life of me, did we end up figuring it out? We, so there was one dish and it had chicken thighs and it wasn't much chicken, like what, 300 grams of chicken maybe? Mm. And it said it was 42 grams of protein per serve, which is a lot mm. per serve. And we were like, wait, is it 20 grams each? Like is per serve two meals? It's not very clear on the recipe card what the calories are. And the people that are buying HelloFresh aren't going to go into MyFitnessPal and the food data bank and look it up like I did to try yeah, and Mac figure it out. literally put everything that we're eating, all the ingredients into MyFitnessPal and compared the macro breakdown and the calories. And they were two different things. Yeah, two very different things. And and that's a that's another thing. Like you can't just rely on cal like calorie measurements or measuring your calories is very it does vary a fair bit yeah so obviously they've gone to the higher end of that scale and just said yeah round it up to the next number type yeah. thing um which is a little tricky and obviously you're allowed to do it within the guidelines that the australian government has set yeah but um yeah it can be very misleading um also the meat i wasn't oh, a fan yeah. i wasn't a fan of the meat. so we got we got Bacon? Yeah. No, pork. We got pork in a little vacuum sealed bag and there was an ingredient list on the pork. So first up, why is there ingredients other than just pork mm. in this thing? And it was like 95% pork or not 90% pork. And there was 10% of other things in this vacuum sealed bag of pork. So yeah. That's not ideal either. <laughs> not even just like, I, I feel like we though are very fussy compared to any other person that I know with where we get our meat from mm. because we know it has a big impact on your microbiome and your whole body. Yeah. And it, uh, I just really struggle to sometimes want to eat bad meat. I would rather just not eat the meat than eat mm. the meat that we got with HelloFresh half of the time. Yeah. Um, we say this all the time, quality matters. And obviously HelloFresh and all these other uh, meal services, what's the other one, Marley Spoon? Is yeah. That, yeah. So there's obviously a few. And they have to obviously package all this up, deliver it to your house, all that sort of stuff. 
and to make it cheaper, they're going to go less quality. Like even fruit and veg that you get in it is less quality. So less quality equals cheaper, which means their profit line or profit margin goes up. So yeah, that again, a good option compared to takeaway and stuff like that. Again, takeaway, you don't know where they're getting it from. They might say it's a good mm. source, but rarely it is. Um, but you again, you wouldn't want to rely on it. You just want to use it to get into a bit of a routine and then phase all that sort of shit meat and vegetables out and start creating your own meals. Yeah, for sure. Are we connected on Instagram? If not, make sure you head over to our pages, both Mac and I, and give us a follow. We'll give you a follow back and you can enter into the discussion. A lot of these topics we talk about, Mac and I post about on Instagram and would love your input. We'd love your ideas, your theories and your opinions on these topics. So make sure you head into the show notes where you'll find our handles for Instagram. And if you haven't already, make sure you follow us and we'll continue the conversation there. If you haven't been following us on YouTube, I've been posting semi-regularly back on YouTube and it's been getting a lot of traction. So first up, thank you all that are listening that have been watching and liking and commenting on the YouTube posts. I will link the YouTube channel in the comments uh, in the show notes so you can head over for yourself. We'd appreciate it a lot if you do subscribe. Uh, It does help us grow that YouTube channel. Uh, we're just trying to bring a visual aspect to health and fitness and topics we think will help you. So yeah, make sure you subscribe and watch the videos. I'm slowly getting better at them. But I did one on minimalism and it got quite a few com- comments, uh, a few comment, uh, private messages and all that sort of stuff, a bit of back and forth with people. Um, I, I actually quite like this topic because there's a lot to unpack and you can use it in pretty much every aspect of your life, I'd say. Um, so what does minimalism mean to you? Well, I actually, just before we started this podcast, Googled the definition of minimalism because I wasn't actually sure. I think the first time I came across minimalism was the Netflix documentary called Minimalism. <laughs> um, but... For the longest time, to me, minimalism was a style of art or interior design because that's what I did for a long time in high school and uni. And then I was like, what do do these people mean? They're being minimalists. Like, it's it's an art form. It's not like a way of life. And when I looked up the definition, that's what came up. Style of art or someone that lives, what was the word? without any excessive decoration or objects in their life. Mm. So in your YouTube video, you I know I'm going on tangent, but I'll get there. In your YouTube video, you said that we aren't really minimalists. I think we are. Yeah. From the definition. And since that YouTube video, I've been thinking about it a lot more because I was just like sitting in the background while Jack's talking to the camera. So I was hearing how he sees our life and how he's telling it to you guys. Um, what was your question again? What does it mean to me? Yeah. I guess just not having a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I would say because minimalism got very popular and I would say we're not minimalist because I don't associate us with the people in that documentary or who minimalists life and that sort of stuff because they literally sell everything and yeah. just... They're hardcore. Maybe we're mediocre. Yeah. We just get rid of all the crap. 
And it's it's a great lesson to learn. Like I say in the video, I don't I don't actually know if I'll go into it in the video. I think I cut this part out, but so a little inside scoop for all the <laughs> podcast listeners. Um, when we first moved to back to Ulladulla, this is my own hometown. So when we first moved back here, that's pretty much when we started this whole in situ business. And I thought I needed all this gear, all this, all these things to make the business successful. So I went out and bought drones, cameras, all this stuff, thinking this is what I need because I've seen all these other people using this stuff and then work successful, but it, it didn't matter about the stuff. It just made it about the content I was putting out and how I help people. So essentially, um, in situ health and fitness is to help people with their health and fitness. And as long as I'm doing that, it doesn't matter what cameras or what gimbals or what drones I have, as long as I am doing that. And I learned that the hard way. So I spent a lot of money and time researching all this stuff, buying all this stuff, and it made no difference. It actually set the business back a fair bit, I reckon, because I spent so much time obsessing over it when I could have just been focusing on helping people and helping them get results. I would have had another six months of people having results, which is, you know, testimonial, all that sort of stuff. But I didn't have that because I was focused on the wrong thing. Mm. I think when we left Bansdale too, that was like when we moved, we only took what we could fit in our two cars. So Jack had a ute and I had what a little Holden thing. Um, So I think that was the beginning of our minimalist thing, but it was almost like, we got rid of a lot of stuff and then we got here and we're like, oh, now we need to replace everything. Mm. So we didn't fully, because we lived in Airbnbs for uh, nearly two months, I think. And then when we got a place we were going to stay at for a while, yeah, like you went out and bought a bunch of stuff <laughs> that we didn't need. And like we replaced all of the stuff that we had in Bansdale that we left behind. And someone said to me at the restaurant I used to work at, just sell everything and buy new stuff when you get there. Don't try and cart it up. Mm. So like I've got a lot of stuff in my mum's shed that I kept because we were like, oh, we'll come back and get it one day. It's been two years. I haven't used that stuff for two years. It's clearly, it's obvious that I don't need that stuff. Mm. So I think that me realizing, well, I still own a lot of these things, but I haven't used them for two years. It's easy for me to get rid of it. And then since that realization, I guess, with everything like the business, studying, um, food, the house, things. I just, I don't have the urge to buy stuff like I used to. And I don't know, it almost makes me feel anxious and overwhelmed the more things we have. Yeah, and we, it's easier to picture your life without things. So if everybody looks around their house, they've got junk everywhere. And you get rid of that junk, your life feels better and your room seems bigger and all that sort of stuff. But that's just an easy example. It's harder when you start diving into yourself and trying to make yourself more minimalist towards life, um, health and fitness, all that sort of stuff. So like you said, cooking and fit buying food, like having a minimalist mindset of buying food, like what's the what food do you actually need that's gonna nourish your body, give you all the nutrients, and help you live a long life. When you start thinking about that, you start cutting out all the other shit that you don't actually need. So you start eating healthier, you start feeling better, all that sort of stuff. 
exercise. I see this all the time. Like people will see workouts on Instagram and they're like, oh, I've got to do that to get that six pack. And then the next week they're seeing another video. Oh, I've got to do that. And it's like they bring all this stuff in, all this junk into their head that they think they need to do in the gym when all you really need to just focus on the basics mm. and just go into the gym, stimulate your muscles, work the muscle groups you need to, mobility, whatever your goal is. But you just need to do the basics over a long period of time and you will get results, not adding in all this stupid stuff. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like it's a good way to start with just getting rid of all the junk in your house and then just start working on yourself and how you can live, I, don't know, I guess, a more clearer life. Isn't it ironic though how people do like spring cleaning and they get rid of a lot of stuff on a, like periodically through their life or the year because it makes you feel good yet they keep bringing more and more clutter in so then they have to keep getting rid of stuff and going through this whole process to feel good again and then they just keep repeating the cycle around and around. I will say having less things and less food to choose from to eat or cook or less clothes to wear, less doona covers to change, I don't know. It just takes away so much decision fatigue. Like I know exactly every day what I'm gonna wear, when we're gonna train, how I'm gonna train, what I'm going to use for work, literally just my laptop. Um, for uni, when I first started, I went out and bought textbooks and loose leaf paper and binders and sticky notes and post-its and tags and all this crap. And I did it for a year. And then the other day I was just going through the office cupboard and I was like, it's been a year and I haven't looked at these notes. I'm going to throw them in the bin. Like, and if I just try and do everything on my laptop rather than having diaries and journals and exercise books and iPads and stuff, I'm far more likely to actually use the stuff I'm learning because mm. I know where it is. Everything's in the same space. Everything's organized. It's not all going to get lost, which I feel like it's so, we're so saturated with information that everything gets lost so easily. It's like in your phone, you screenshot stuff. Like I still do that. I screenshot stuff all the time, but now I make an effort to go back through and write stuff down in my notes because otherwise you just everything's just junk photos are junk screenshots are junk you know what I mean yeah yeah and a lot of people will go oh well you get rid of all your stuff you don't live with many things you must be very unhappy and you must live a sad life but it's actually the opposite the stuff we do have brings us a lot of enjoyment mm. and because we only have select few things, we have a lot of enjoyment with those. Instead of having a hundred things and in our enjoyment spread out over these hundred things, it's just 10. So it almost makes you happier and enjoy life a lot more. And yeah, I just, like, it's hard for people to let go because they're like, oh, I need that to be happy. But do you need that to be happy? Mm. Um, so just start small, <laughs> get rid of a few things that, you think you need, but you don't actually need. You might have to sit down and think about it a little bit. But as you get rid of things and as you clear junk out of your house and out of your mind and out of your life, you realize that um, you're happier. You got more happiness. Um, it's more directed and that's it. My listener question this week was, do you make meal plans? Can you write me a meal plan? Do you offer meal plans? What are your meal plans like? 
No, <laughs> I do not make meal plans. One, I'm not a dietitian, so I can't actually legally, I don't know who negates this, but if you aren't a dietitian, you can't give out meal plans. Um, two, I think that they are kind of useless mm. because a few, there's a few reasons. The first reason is you don't really learn anything. So if you're given a meal plan by someone, generally if you go to, I'm not saying all dietitians are bad, but generally if you go to a dietitian, like in a hospital or something like what's... In a medical setting. Yeah, in a medical setting, they'll give you a meal plan and then they'll send you on your way and, and say, okay, I'll see you in four or six weeks or whatever. You just eat this for the next four or six weeks. Humans don't, are not good at following rules, mm. especially not rules that there are no consequences when they're broken. Yeah. So if you're getting a meal plan to try and fix like high blood pressure or something and you don't follow the meal plan, it's not like you immediately get uh, a bad backlash or anything. It's just your blood pressure will stay the same or continue to go higher. So I think that it's far more valuable for people to actually understand the value of food than to just follow a meal plan. Mm. Because you can't just, you can't have somebody tell you for the rest of your life what to eat. And what do you do when you don't have a meal plan anymore? How, like, are you just going to eat the same things that you want that meal plan for the rest of your life? You don't know how to balance foods well. You don't know how to manage when you eat out, like how to manage your calories. You don't know the value of fat versus carbs, like vegetables versus rice, like I just think there are far better options. <laughs> yeah, um, and that comes down to the difference of coaching and not getting coached. Like, there's hundreds of meal plans out there, and you can go choose from hundreds, but are you actually going to cook those meals? Mm. Generally, meal plans are hard to stick to because the meals are so hard to cook as well. All these influencers or, you know, magazines, all that sort of stuff, they make these meals that are looking so amazing and they're amazing because they're hard to cook where you don't need hard to cook meals to be healthy, lose weight, lose body fat, build muscle, whatever your goal is. You just need to understand, like you said, understand the value of food and just cook the right foods or sometimes not even necessarily cook, but just prep the right foods and you're going to get far better results. And that's the difference between getting coached on how to understand this sort of stuff or just here's a meal plan, go stick to it. There's like even everybody listening in their head can go, yeah, there's a massive difference there. Yeah. And it's not even just like the coach, like the coach, the coaching part of like giving someone calories. It's not like I just, when I coach clients, I don't just give them calories and say, here is what the amount of food I think you should eat. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. It's like we talk every day. They ask me questions. They say, what can I swap for this? Or I always have cravings for this. Is there a better solution to this? Like we're constantly in contact, constantly troubleshooting because that's just what everyday life is like. Mm. There's, there's no way that you can be given a meal plan and follow it to a T every day because things happen in life. Like you might not be prepared. You might not have gone to the shops. You might not like some food on your meal plan. You might not know how to cook some of the food. Like there's so many variables that a meal plan just doesn't even consider. And I think food is so much more than just a meal plan. Like there's so much more to your relationship with food and weight loss or muscle building than just here's what to eat. Yeah, and unfortunately meal plans got 
made popular from athletes or very, I guess you could say, high-end movie stars and that sort of stuff that are going for extreme looks mm. and certain body types and all that sort of stuff. So it's they are going to stick to a meal plan because they haven't got life in Their front of them. career depends on it. So an athlete will literally train and eat and that's about it. Like, yeah, they'll have a family and all that sort of stuff, but they don't have work. They don't worry about bills. Like, they don't worry about all these other things that normal humans, 99% of the population, have to worry about. And, like, if you've maybe you've got enough money so you can get somebody to cook every single meal of your day, then awesome. But most people don't have the money to do that. And, like... Like let's say Chris Hemsworth, for example, because he's quite popular at the moment because of his body in Thor. Like he doesn't have to cook any of his meals. Mm. He has a meal plan, but he doesn't know what it is. His um, his chef knows what it is because the dietitian or the nutritionist has given that cook this meal plan for Chris Hemsworth. And they just cook it and give it to him. He just sits down and eats. Like he doesn't have to worry about buying the food, prepping the food, all that sort of stuff. So yes, like you know, you could probably go and find Chris Hemsworth, his meal plan, how he got in in shape for Thor. But like you're not going to be able to do it because you're probably not a chef and you haven't got time for the beast cooking four or five hours a day, where these people do have that. And unfortunately, they make it all popular and people, normal people, day-to-day life people go and buy it and go, yeah, I'm going to look like that. And then two days in, like, this is too hard. Yeah. Also, what happens when you go out, like, for dinner? People, humans are generally social. And when you get given a meal plan, people go, like, you go out, you have occasions, you have date night, parties, whatever. And I, I think a meal plan doesn't teach you how to manage those things or how to navigate through an event like that. Mm. Like they're not, it's not going to have on there somewhere like, what do I do if I don't want to drink alcohol and I go to a party? Yeah. Like who's, no, once you have a meal plan, it's like you're on your own. I'll see you in six weeks. Then you can ask me that question and I'll tell you after you've had the event. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because all the athletes and actors and all that sort of stuff, they sacrifice all that stuff. They don't go out. They don't have, you know, all these parties and all that sort of stuff they go to, especially athletes. They don't go and do that stuff because they're sacrificing that to achieve a different goal. Yeah. And that's fine. Like... If that's your goal, that's your goal, but it's not most people's goal. Yeah. And most people aren't willing to sacrifice that sort of stuff to achieve it. Um, I did have one question, but I feel like we've been carrying on a little bit more, so I'll save it for next week. It's just about muscle gain and fat loss, but we'll, I think that's a bigger topic than yeah, <laughs> today's show. Yeah, we could whole episode on that. Um, so we'll... Um, talk about that next time thanks again for tuning in everybody and we'll talk to you in the next episode bye